I want you to turn in your Bible to Colossians chapter 1. Book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. We're going to be reading this every Sunday morning. And this, this is going to be our, our uh, main scripture. We're going to, going to try to get into our spirits. Now, it takes, takes up to six, um, 63 days to actually have a life-changing truth in your brain, in your, in your being, that will actually change your life. You know, starting out the new year, you know, a lot of people make resolutions and stuff. I got to tell you something. You have to stick with something for 63 days straight before it becomes a life habit. It becomes a life-changing experience. It's not 21 days. At the end of 21 days, you've actually grown a neurological bud in your brain. If you focus on something for 21 days, you grow a little neurological bud in your brain that actually looks like a little rabbit. But that's all you got. And if you stop at the end of 21 days, then you don't have a developed truth. You've got an idea that exists in your brain, but it does not change your life. It's not ingrained in you enough to change your life. It takes another two segments of 21 days to grow what they call a tree in your brain, where you actually grow the neurological pathways and connections in your brain where that becomes you. It becomes part of who you are. And it directs your life because now it is the pathway, it's the thing that you use to think with. And so your brain can be changed, your brain can be re- reprogrammed. And Apostle Paul spent a lot of his time dealing with the mind, being renewed in the spirit of mind, dealing with the flesh, dealing with all these things. And the reason is, is because if we don't let the spirit of God renew our minds and change our brains and grow the proper pathways in our brains, we will always revert to the former pathways. Our thinking will always go back because we don't have, we don't have the new things developed, the new ways developed, the new habits developed. And so we will always we can have a tremendous spiritual breakthrough, and, and in a few weeks, you'll begin to digress back to the old way of thinking because that's the program that you're running on, okay? So we're going to grow some trees this year. Amen. Going to grow some trees in our brain. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Praise God. These these scriptures you need to rehearse several times a day. You need to read these, rehearse them, memorize them, and neurological uh, specialists say that it, that you need to do that at least seven times a day in order to cause things to grow. And so we need to read these and rehearse these several times a day. But it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us or moved us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. <clears throat> I want to talk this morning about the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light 
But we're gonna, I've got a declaration we're going to be doing <clears throat> every Sunday morning, and next Sunday we'll have all this up on the screen. Say this with me. Jesus is my king. I am a citizen of his kingdom. I live and dwell in his kingdom. Therefore, I have access to the privileges and provisions of the kingdom. Praise God. That's going for the next several weeks. That's going to be our declaration that we're going to be rehearsing because we need to we need to understand what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. I live in this world. I'm a citizen of the United States of America in my in the natural, but I have been born again and now I, I am a citizen of a heavenly kingdom. And if I'm going to be a citizen of that heavenly kingdom, I need to learn how to walk in that and to be able to have the privileges and provisions of that kingdom in my life. Amen. I don't want to be I don't want to be a distant citizen. I don't want to say I'm a citizen. It'd be, like, it'd be like me living in Africa saying that I'm a citizen of America. No, I want to live in the place that I say I'm a citizen of. Amen. Oh, praise God. I have all the rights and privileges of this nation because I, I am a citizen of this nation. Praise God. So we're going to be, we're begin today on talking about the kingdom of darkness. We've been talking about, you know, the light come in through Christmas, you know, we talked about the light coming and uh, into darkness and darkness didn't comprehend it. And there is a kingdom that is the kingdom of darkness. And I want us to, I want us to get a hold of that. John chapter one, or in the book of John chapter one, verse five, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shone into darkness. Now, the, the word darkness here, we, we think of darkness, when we think of darkness, it would be like turning out all the lights in this building and it would be dark. That would be the absence of light. That's the, that's the thing that we usually term darkness as, is the absence of light. But there's not an absence of light today because Jesus is the light. His life was the light of men. And so the light of Jesus is shining today. There is illumination, there's understanding, there's knowledge, but the kingdom of darkness is still prevalent upon this world. How is it that darkness can still be in a place where light has, has been given? The word darkness here does not mean just the absence of light. It means a covering or a tent. It means that darkness has settled down upon somebody, upon a place, upon a region, and it is blocking the light. It's not the absence of light, it's the blocking of light. And so to understand the kingdom of darkness, we have to understand that it is trying to keep people from receiving the light of God in their lives. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a defensive or a aggressive mechanism of the enemy to try to overshadow people where they cannot see the truth, where they cannot, where they're, 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 they're not able to perceive the things that, that uh, they, they need to perceive and need to know. In Genesis chapter 1, we, 
we see where light came in Genesis chapter 1 and, and verse 2. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That's a pretty bleak statement. It was, it was, it, it was dark, and it was, it was void. You know, it, the, where it says the, without form, the word form means to lie waste, to be desolate, to be a worthless thing. So the earth at that point was a worthless thing. It was void of anything good. And the word void means undistinguishable <clears throat> emptiness. Undistinguishable emptiness. That's what the earth was when God was hovering over the face. Now, I want you to notice darkness, void, emptiness, desolation, and yet it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over this. So there was light, there was glory, there was power, but this formless, worthless thing was not receiving the benefit of the light until all of a sudden God spoke and said, let there be light. And suddenly into the emptiness, the voidness, the, the, the darkness, all of a sudden light penetrated and shoved away the darkness. It didn't just, it didn't ask permission. It just simply went in and shoved away the darkness. And all of a sudden light began to shine on this worthless void thing for the first time. That was the natural darkness. But in John chapter 1, we read of a spiritual darkness. Genesis 1 is a natural darkness, and John 1 is a spiritual darkness. And the Bible says that we are lost in the trespasses of sin. In other words, we are that void, desolate, worthless thing that is under the covering of darkness, and, and we are not receiving the things that God has for us, but then when Jesus appeared, it's just like when God spoke and said, let there be light, all of a sudden light came, and, and when Jesus was born, the angels literally penetrated the atmosphere of earth and began to sing the glories of God, and light began to illuminate the hearts of men, and people began to understand there is hope in this darkness. In its desolation, there is hope. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were lost in trespasses and sin, that we were without God, that we had no hope. But, but in, the, in the middle of that, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy. If it wasn't for the phrase, but God, most of our stories would be so different. Amen. Sin was destroying us, but God. Sickness was taking our life, but God. This world was trying to destroy me, but God. 
the devil was trying to take my life, but God. And so we, when, we, when we get that one little phrase in there, but God, it changes everything, and the whole dynamic of life is immediately changed and transformed. And we go from darkness to light. We go from being without form and void to being created in the image and likeness of God. We have now a creation in us that literally forms us and, and begins to make us part of something that is much bigger than our world, much bigger than who we are. The kingdom of God is bigger than this earth. The kingdom of God is bigger than this world. The kingdom of God is so big that we can't even fathom what, what all God has for us. First, first Corinthians says that I hath not seen, neither his ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And then again it says, but the Spirit has revealed them to us. That, that word reveal is the light coming on. Revelation of the Word of God is, is you being illuminated by the light. We don't know that we need God until all of a sudden there's a light turned on and we see the fact that we are lost. We see the fact that God has brought provision and now we can come to him and he can, he can change our lives. He can save our lives. That light penetrating into darkness. I love it when I see the light of God penetrate darkness. I mean, you can see it literally come on. You can see the light come on in people's lives. I like it when, when I can speak a word into somebody's life, and it's like all of a sudden they, they, they realize, hey, there's somebody here besides us. Isn't that amazing? There's somebody here besides us. <laughs> we, there's a bigger... There's, there's something bigger. Quantum physics. I've been really inter interested for the last couple of years in quantum physics because it is literally the, the, the revelation of the creation of God. And quantum physics has, has actually begun to, re begin to unite science and God because quantum physics has now proven that there is a greater power, there is a creator there is, there is something greater than us. Something created this. Even though they, they really don't want to embrace that yet, they, they're beginning to understand that science is not opposite God. Science is actually the discovery of God. But it comes through the natural means to the spirit. And so as they study the natural means, it leads them to a creator, it leads them to an almighty God that is more powerful than anything else. It takes them out of darkness and into light where they can begin to perceive and understand that, that hey, at the very basis of this thing, there is a spark. When you get down to the quantum level of, of our beings, every little cell, every speck, every little particle has a spark of life in it that could not be there if somebody had not put it there. Amen. And so they, a lot of them don't want to name it, but what they actually say is we know that there is something bigger here than us. Something made this happen. Something put this spark and 
I can tell them when it happened. It's when God breathed his breath into Adam and that spark came alive into every cell of his being. And now every child that is born has, has in every particle of their being, there is a spark of life that flows and it's from god it's a god-given spark but the kingdom of darkness wants to keep that hid wants to keep it covered doesn't want this to happen now there there are people that say well the bible doesn't say that the that there is a kingdom of darkness or that satan has a kingdom and and by by trying to do away with that we actually set ourselves up for disaster because we need to understand that the devil has a kingdom and his very regiment is very legal. Satan operates in a very legal, he has, he has a very legal and, and structured deception going on. All of the demons that work with him are under strong deception and they, they, can't, they can't get out of that because they, they embrace that. And so they want to keep humanity, they want to keep the creation of God under this cloak, under this tent of darkness so that they can't see the gospel, so they can't see the power of God, so they can't understand. It's like Paul, when he, when he looked and, and saw the statue that said, uh, to the unknown God, you know, they had so many gods that they worship that they finally just made a statue and said, we need to cover all of our bases. So they made another statue to the unknown God in case they're missing any. And Paul said, look, I know who it is. I can put a name on this and, and I can show you who it is. We, we've got to understand there is light, there's revelation, there's understanding that is coming into the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of darkness is, is working overtime to try to keep that cloak, that blindness, that, that, that veil over the hearts of people so they can't see and understand. In, in Mark chapter 3, turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 3. kingdom of darkness brings confusion. The kingdom of darkness brings the inability to understand. You can see that today. There are literally people that, that, that don't have the ability to understand. They're so deceived, they don't have the ability to understand. It's like if you tell them two plus two equals four, they can't get it. They'll swear to you that it's five. Because they... They're, they're under this cloak. They're under this, you know, this deception. And this deception, just, they, they're, they're searching for something, but they, they can't accept the truth because the truth, the light hasn't shown in their heart. But once that light shines in, then it's all, it, then understanding comes. In Mark chapter 3, verse 22 and 24, Jesus said, now they had just confronted Jesus and, and said in verse 22, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, which was the name for the prince of devils, and by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. See, Jesus was delivering those who were demon-possessed that the Pharisees, nobody else could do anything about. And so they had to, they had to try to discredit this 
And so they, they finally come down and said, well, he is full of the prince of devils, and that's why he's able to do this. And Jesus made a very profound statement. He said, how can Satan cast out Satan? And the next verse, he says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. Now, when they begin to talk about Satan and, and being able to cast out demons because he, he immediately said, no, you got to understand, a kingdom... So he just, he just prefaced the fact that the, Satan has a kingdom. Now, the word kingdom literally means a foundation of power, a foundation of power. If you live in a kingdom, if you belong to a kingdom, you are literally standing on the foundation of power that comes from that kingdom. So you, you are a representative of the power of that kingdom. Okay, and so Jesus was saying here that Satan has a foundation of power, an organized foundation of power. And he said, if a kingdom be divided against itself, how, how can it stand? And so in, in Luke chapter 4, turn with me, book of Luke chapter 4, verses 5 and 7. Luke chapter 4, start with verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now again, Satan is declaring, I have been given authority over this. That happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, or the Garden of of Eden, when... uh, Adam and Eve sinned, broke the covenant with God, and, and they released. Now, God had told Adam and Eve to go and, and take dominion. And all of a sudden, they released that dominion and gave that dominion to the devil. And so, now he is, he is uh, functioning as the ruling authority over the kingdoms of the earth. And when you travel around the world like God has, has blessed me to be able to do, you see that. You see how, how there is a demonic rule over the kingdoms of the world. We're seeing it right now. This, this, uh, this uh, invasion of Islam into all of the European nations and into America, that is a planned invasion of the, of the enemy. It is, God told me several years ago when I was in India and I was praying, he said, he said the, the is, Islamic nation, I realize everybody gets real tight when you mention that, but we need to stop being tight about that, and, and we still have the right to speech, we can still, we can still speak truth. And Islam is the Antichrist spirit. And the reason I can say that is because they believe that they believe in Jesus and they call him a prophet. He was a prophet. And so they understand that, but they refuse to say that he is the Christ. And so they they have a antichrist spirit. Now, several years ago in India. Before all this stuff started happening, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day, and he said, Islam will be the Antichrist spirit that invades and begins to, it begins to take power away from the nations. But he said, they are, that is not the, uh, what do they call it? That is not the beast system. They are like the spearhead that brings the ability for the beast system to rule. 
And so the B system is, is the, the global financial power that is controlling the things of this world right now. They raise governments and they take governments down. They have the money, the financial ability to, to, to make uh, governments and countries fall, and they have the financial ability to raise them up. And so the beast system will come on the tail end of, of this invasion of this antichrist spirit. The kingdom of darkness is, is marching forward. The kingdom of darkness has an agenda, and that is to regain complete rule over this earth. Because several years ago, there was this man called Jesus that suddenly came in and penetrated the darkness and began to establish the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God began to spread all over the world, and the gospel has spread all over the world. And many of the nations that are now Muslim nations used to be Christian nations, but the Islam uh, religion has come in and slaughtered all of the Christians in that nation, and now it's a Muslim nation, not because they received the, the word of Islam, because everybody that rejected it was killed, and those that were alive had to, had to con con submit themselves to the religion or die. That's why Northern Africa is almost all Islamic now. It used to be all Christian, but the Christians were slaughtered by um, Muhammad, and they come in and slaughter them, and that's why it's Islamic. And yet, I gotta, I gotta just say this, a few years ago, several years ago, there was this German guy by the name of Reinhard Bonnke that got a word from God, and the light of God came into him, and all of a sudden God sent him to Africa, mostly to Northern Africa, and the light of the gospel began to come on. They tried to outlaw him, they tried to shut him out, they tried to keep him from coming in, but in spite of all that, millions upon millions upon millions of people have been saved and born again because the darkness cannot overcome the light. Not too many years ago, God showed me this in my early 20s. I, I saw a vision of God took me on a journey, and many of you know the story, but he took me on a journey, and I saw oceans of dark-skinned people coming to God, literally oceans as far as you could see that was dark-skinned people. I saw the Reinhardt Bonnke Crusades before any of us even knew who Reinhardt Bonnke was, but now today, we, we, they, have had, they have had such experience that there have literally been a million people plus saved in one night of these crusades and the gospel is continuing to spread you can't shut out the light the light will always overpower darkness the tents the coverings that the enemy tries to put over people the power of god will always penetrate that and cut through it and take the tent off take the covering off and the light begins to shine in darkness the kingdom of darkness is marching and trying to conquer everything and trying to get rid of Christianity and trying to get rid of anything that stops them. But I got to tell you something, all of their attempts is not going to get rid of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is rising up again. The light is shining and the churches are coming alive and we're going to begin to say, we still have hope. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm stirring, I'm ruffling some of y'all's feathers. Praise God. Just turn around. If I'm if I'm ruffling your fur, just turn around and I'll be petting you. 
That way I'll be, I'll be stroking you with the, what, you know, the way your hair goes, you know. That's all you have to do is you turn around. I won't be ruffling your fur anymore. I'll be petting it. I know, I know for a fact that this nation has been under attack for a long time, and it's, it's because they have to destroy one of the last strongholds of Christianity. America is the last stronghold of Christianity, and, and they have to bring this down and outlaw our ability to preach the gospel, and that's what they begin to try to do. But now we've, we've, we've had a new breath of life. We've had a new emergence. We, we, can, we can do it, and God is beginning to awaken. So many people are coming out of the darkness, out of the deception, and they're coming back and saying, oh, man, we need to get back with God. We need to get right with God. I'm not, I, I don't want to upset you, but I got to tell you, Mike challenged me with this other day. He said, have we replaced obedience with our grace message? We don't obey God anymore. We just say, well, God's a graceful God. Well, he is a graceful God, but how about we get back to submitting to God? and being obedient to the Word of God and starting to enjoy. You cannot, you cannot play with the kingdom of darkness and enjoy the privileges of the kingdom of light. You're gonna, whatever kingdom you play with is, is what benefits you're going to receive. Amen. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to preach real nice today. But I, I, have, I have this... I have this this uh, strong conviction in my heart that we have got to begin to pierce the darkness with light again. Amen. And we can't do that by saying it doesn't exist. There is a kingdom. It is the kingdom of Satan. And that kingdom, he, he took Jesus and showed him all the kings of the world. And he said, if you'll just fall down and worship me, then I can give you all of this. I mean, can you imagine? He was trying to put the veil of darkness over the creator of light. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And here, here Satan has his, has his dark veil standing there ready to put it over the creator of light. Thinking, surely... You know, I can trick him into it. I did Adam and Eve. But all of a sudden, Jesus said, you get behind me, Satan. I will worship the Lord God, and that's, he's the only one I'm going to worship. In other words, what Jesus was saying was, you just took one step too far. That's what he was saying. When he said, get behind me, he was saying, I'm about to squish you. You might want to get out of the way. You say, oh, Jesus wasn't like that. He, Jesus, Jesus went around like this. That wasn't Jesus. You let a devil get in his way. He said, come out and get out of here. Shut up and, and get out of here. Don't, I don't even want you to talk. I mean, he, he was intense. Amen. 
he could laugh and have fun, but he was intense when, 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 uh, when you mess with the kingdom. And so the devil said, I've got all this. This is my kingdom. I have all these kingdoms, and, and it's under the rule of my kingdom. The, all this is on the foundation, power foundation of my kingdom. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You don't, you're not going to get it. Hey, I mean... Jesus was part of creating all of this, not only this world, but, but world, world, and worlds to come. If you hold your thumb up at night, you're covering at least 10,000 universes and galaxies. I mean, this is so much bigger. You say, is there life on other planets? God didn't, I mean, if you can cover galaxies like that, God's got a whole lot going on. And one of these days, I'm going to go explore all of them. And I won't have to have a rocket ship. Amen. Matter of fact, in, the, in, the, in Revelation, I said this before, but I like saying it. In Revelations, it says we're going to be on white horses. I'm pretty sure that in the Greek, they misinterpreted that, and it's actually white Harleys. <laughs> Got to be. Amen. I ain't riding no horse. I have, I have tried to ride horses for years on this earth. And we don't get along. Every one of them bucks. Every, I mean, we we just we just have us a spastic time. I have been I have been from the head of a horse all the way to its hind end in one ride. I mean, it is just it is just bizarre. But I can get on my Harley and it does exactly what I tell it to do. So I'm pretty sure that in the Greek, it's actually that's actually interpreted white Harley, not white horse. Okay? That's actually in 3 Timothy, if you'll look it up. It actually says that in 3 Timothy. We, we have a kingdom. Now listen, we're going to get into this later, but Jesus told the disciples, they said, when are you going to take over, when are you going to establish your throne? And he said, my kingdom's not of this world. In other words, my throne does not sit on this little tiny planet. And yet, God did everything to save this little tiny planet and all of its inhabitants. But the kingdom of darkness is established here. In, in 1 Corinthians, it says that, that he's going to put all things under his feet. And he said he's going to rule until all things are put under his feet. And death is the last enemy to be conquered. Now, Paul said we see not all things put under his feet. In other words, we're still fighting battles. We're, there's still challenges that we fight. But it says we see not all things put under his feet. But then he turned around and said, but we see Jesus. In other words, we see the one who has authority and dominion. We see the one who has all things under his feet, and we are inheriting that in the kingdom of God. Okay. So Jesus denounced that, said, yes, I understand you have a kingdom, and all these kingdoms are in the, under, on the power foundation of your kingdom, but I will not bow and worship you because my kingdom is much greater and much bigger 1 Corinthians chapter 4, praise God. We're shooting through this like a shooting star, praise God. Take hope. I preached for an hour and 45 minutes last, last uh, New Year's Eve. 
And I'm not going to do that today. I can, I, I know for a fact that I can preach over four hours, so. So don't get quiet on me, because the quieter, the quieter you get, the longer I preach, okay? You guys need to just start getting wild. I mean shouting. Come on, somebody. Because then I'll think, oh, yeah, we got it through. We got it across. I can quit now. You get quiet on me. We'll be here till 5 o'clock this evening. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. That veil, that darkness, that covering. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who did not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, in the face of Jesus Christ. I want you to grab hold of that. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those that do not believe. In other words, they don't see. You know, when we're praying for people that aren't saved, we need to pray against the darkness and pray for the light to penetrate into that darkness because until they get the revelation, it's not going to happen. Until it becomes plain to them, it's not going to happen. But once it becomes plain, then it happens. They receive the light. And a lot of times that happens because God uses you or me to speak something that goes into their heart and literally bursts light in their minds. You might not think it's anything, but... Sometimes God can use you to speak into somebody's life and all of a sudden the light turns on and it causes them to be begin to see, begin to see how wrong things are. They begin to see how right God is. They begin to feel the love of God that God is wanting to deliver them from their bondages. God's wanting to deliver them. You know, when that light comes on, Sometimes, you know, God will go to great measures to show that light. We need to pray for God to go to great measures and stop being afraid. We need to pray for God to go to heroic measures to shine the light on people's lives. Amen. We were in, in a meeting, myself and Earl Blancett, who pastored this church for 14 years. And after he, he was no longer pastoring here, but me and him was uh, holding a meeting over in uh, Wheelerville, over by Crane, out in the middle of a cow pasture. I mean, literally a cow pasture. And, and they had built what they call a brush harbor. You know, it's, it, they, they build posts and, and they put cross members and they cover it with brush and that brush is, is what keeps the sun off of you. And, and it's an old, old, old time way of, of having a structure to have church in, a brush harbor. And they did that. They wanted to, you know, wanted to do that. And so we were holding a brush harbor meeting, what they called it, out in the middle of a cow pasture in the middle of these little towns where there wasn't hardly anything, and yet there was over 200 people a night showing up in that cow, in that cow pasture. I was 27, and Earl Blanson was 72. He would preach two nights, and I would preach two nights. And he was, 
he was feisty. Even at 72, he was still feisty. And he told everybody, he said, he said uh, Brother Snyder's 27, and so am I, just turned around backwards. So he was 72, I was 27, we were preaching that meeting, people were being saved every night. It was one of those times of just the glory of God, and an amazing time. And one night, one night, Brother Earl was preaching, and toward the end of his message, he stopped, and he said, sir, the one sitting on the car hood, I literally got up and turned around and looked. All I could see is darkness. You couldn't, the light, there was, you couldn't even see the cars. It was dark. He said, sir, you're sitting on the car hood. You've been listening to the message I've been preaching, and you know you're lost. You know that God's dealing with your heart tonight, and tonight's your night, and you need to come out of the darkness into the light of this tabernacle and give your life to Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking out there, you know, I'm trying to see. I'm 27, and I'm, I'm trying to see, and I'm thinking, ooh, you know, he might have missed it on this one. I don't, I don't see anybody out there. And he just stopped. He wouldn't go any further. He just kept saying, sir, I know where you're at. God knows where you're at. God's dealing with you right now. Get off that car hood and come into this meeting and give your life to Jesus. And it's just one of those waiting times, you know. Almost felt awkward. And then all of a sudden, I saw a man coming in out of the darkness, walking. He walked into that Brush Harbor meeting, walked straight up to the front, got on his knees, and gave his life to Jesus that night. What happened? He was sitting in darkness, but he was also under a veil of darkness, of the kingdom of darkness. He had been enveloped by darkness. But then all of a sudden, this light began to shine into darkness. The darkness had to give way. God shone a light on him, a spiritual light on him. And next thing you know, the man of God is, is speaking into the darkness and saying, I'm speaking into you. Come out of that darkness. And all of a sudden, a human being that was lost, separated from God, didn't know God, on his way to hell, suddenly got off the car hood and walked into that meeting and gave his life to Jesus. And he was translated, conveyed out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of his love because the light overpowered darkness. After the service, he asked Brother Earl, he said, how, how did you know I was out there? He said, I was hid. He said, no, you weren't. God knew exactly where you was at. God knows because we are saying, here they are, God. See, they're lost in trespasses and sin. They have no entrance into the kingdom of God until the light shines. But when the light shines, it gives them the ability to walk out of darkness.
into light. So the kingdom of darkness is real. There is a kingdom. Its ruler is Satan. And he is out to veil, cover, darken the hearts and minds of people. But the kingdom of darkness is with that covering, withholding the light, the knowledge. It says the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. I got to tell you something. There's a lot of us Christians that don't understand or have knowledge of the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We've asked him to be our savior. We've asked him to forgive us of our sins, but we still are not living in the privileges and provisions of the kingdom. Amen. We have, in my personal life, we have seen battle after battle this year with the kingdom of darkness. Battle after battle, and I know many of you have too. One battle after another. The devil has tried to attack every area of my life and ministry. I mean, we have, we have, we have had one hit after another. He come in and closed down 21 churches in Rwanda. But the power of God overcame it and opened them back up in one year. We only lack two churches. We've got 19 back, back functioning. We only lack two churches. And that's because we scrapped the original buildings and started brand new with brand new foundations. Now we've got to finish those those brand new churches, and they're open back up. They didn't think we could do it. I said they didn't think we could do it. They thought they passed hard enough rules and regulations that there's no way these poor people can overcome them. But all of a sudden, the light and the power and the kingdom of God. See, we don't live in the kingdom of darkness. We live in the kingdom of God, and we have privileges, and we have provision in the kingdom of God that the kingdom of darkness don't know anything about. And next thing you know, the kingdom of God raises back up. The devil tries to throw a blanket of darkness over it, but the kingdom of God raises back up, throws off the blanket, and begins to shine the light of the glory of God as a testimony to everybody, including the government, that God is real and He can take care of His people. Amen. Hallelujah. I flew to India, fought a tremendous battle in my physical body. And, and in the spirit realm and with the government of India and, and they wanted to arrest us. But guess what? We got accomplished what we went there to accomplish, stayed out of jail and flew back. Even though the enemy tried to stop it and frustrate it, God got the victory and it happened anyway. Amen. We've had sickness hit our bodies, hit our families, hit. And yet God is the answer. We live in a kingdom that has privileges and provisions. And we need to start looking into the glory of God that shines in the face of Jesus and start gaining the knowledge and understanding and wisdom of our kingdom. Hallelujah. We're at war with a, with a kingdom of darkness, but we have a greater kingdom. Hallelujah. Stand with me today if you would. I'm going to quit. It's not even noon yet. 
Thank you, Jesus. What an amazing God. Hallelujah. How many understand the kingdom of darkness is trying to, trying to defeat you and your family, trying to swallow you up, trying to stop you? Anybody that doesn't understand that and recognize that will fall victim to it. But when we understand that, I'm not talking about being afraid of it. I'm talk not talking about being demon conscious. I'm not talking about feeling like you're oppressed by the devil all the time. I'm talking about understanding that he does not have good thoughts for you. And he wants to stop you. He wants to overcome you. He wants to get you to a point where you're, you're no good to the kingdom of God. You can still believe, but as long as you're no good to the kingdom of God, he doesn't care. But when we become active in the kingdom of God, all of a sudden he cares. I've had people come to me and say, you know, since I've become a Christian, I've, I've had so many battles and so many struggles. And I said, well, sure, you, you, left, you left the kingdom of darkness. He's mad. But it's worth it. It's worth it because there is blessing in the kingdom of God. There might be fulfillment of some desires in the kingdom of darkness, but there's no blessing. It all takes from you. It all steals from you it takes everything away from you but the kingdom of God you willingly give everything you are so that you can inherit who he is hallelujah father you're amazing and you've got some amazing people Lord this church is full of amazing people Thank you, Father. But Lord God, if anybody in this house today does not understand and has not entered into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of light, Father, I ask you, Lord God, right now that that light would shine into their hearts and they would become aware of that kingdom. They would become aware of the light, your kingdom, in the name of of Jesus, I ask it right now. And Lord, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.